Hey, how's it going, everybody? Full Spectrum Cycling. Show number 99. 99. Last of the double digits before we jump into the triples. Uh, no JK today. Which well, maybe the JK, potentially by by uh, Smell-O-Vision or whatever that's called. He and the Mythoth are taking a little tour of the chilly Midwest in her fancy vehicle. Vehicle. So, we got Tony Berger here. I'm here. Got Sven over here. Hey, Sven. Sven's hands are tired from building fat bikes. It's a rough life. They uh, they went out the door there. A couple, couple, couple Wednesdays went out the door today. That's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Scott Scott got a medium. He already wrote back and said, oh, that thing fits like a glove. Nice. And he sold his pug ops within like an hour. of. <laughs> I don't even think he had it listed yet. Nice. So Dave helped, uh, Dave helped Scott out and me by sending Scott our way. Was, nice. Thanks, Puck. What the, what the puck? Yeah, what the puck? Oh, man. It is still chillier than the bejesus out there. Yeah, it's quite cold. I went down the alley on a test ride today. Do not go down that. Do alley. not go down that. <laughs> yeah, alley. I didn't think that'd be a good idea. No, man, it's slicker than, uh-huh. especially at the end where everybody tries to stop. Yeah, yeah. You want to aim for the white stuff, not the uh, blackish, grayish, shiny looking stuff. My, my alley has a very roller coaster feel to it right now. Does your alley get plowed? Nope. Somebody's been plowing this alley. We uh, snow blow our areas out. Oh boy, so okay. Snow blows. Lowers, but well, the problem with this alley right by the shop here, and it's probably yours too. Freaking recycling bins and yeah, garbage everywhere. cans! Holy mackerel! They just you can't get them out of the way. But uh, yeah, so and when they're frozen, they won't get picked up either. So they'll sit there for a couple more weeks. And here's another thing I don't recommend out of the snow: trying to ride on your thick slicks just for the heck of it. <laughs> That's a really bad idea. Oh, I took the coaster brake clunker type bike over to the other building and i thought well i'm just gonna ride it just a little bit just a little bit see what happens yeah slidey slide yeah i know that sounds like a really bad idea good stuff yeah do you wipe it or just no no put a foot down i don't want to do the splits anymore though i did that in that fountain and my leg still hurts from that that's not good don't want to be doing that anymore too old too old for that you know what i'm not too old for electric bikes an electric balance bike i think i could get on one of those no. <laughs> no, I saw that. And I'm like, why? KTM, too. I mean, they're, I they're motorcycle makers. Yeah. Crying out loud. Stacy E-Powered Balance Bike for Kids. And it's for kids up to eight. I mean, you kid better know, my kid better know how to ride a bike by the time they're eight. Yeah, but if you got balance power. Well, you're, gonna, you're never going to ride a bike. You're going to go right from that to the electric Saunders Scooter, However, motorcycle, that crazy motorcycle thing for five grand. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's just crazy. Hey, there's a link in the show notes if you feel like checking that out. There actually, there's two different sizes. Even. Yeah, there is. I the next the next thing on the list here. Where uh, I, Dave Slabowski is going to call in tonight, as far as I know, that'll be a good thing. Stick around and listen to Dave talk about Canva, and uh, I sort of cued him up on an idea. For the show, because he's such a great photographer. I don't know if he'd have time if he had time to put anything together to kind of give our our listener a tip or two on taking some 
photos out in the wild, wild world and making them good quality stuff. But uh, maybe he'll impart some wisdom. You know, he was an AP stringer for a while. Or, oh, I don't know if he was a stringer. He might have even been on staff. I'm not sure. Oh. But he's a heck of a photog, dare hey. Yeah. And we won't even, we'll just hear him. We won't see him. We know what he looks like. Right, true that. But he is up north now. He could have like a big old beard and stuff. We well, he's know. got the Seely Dave thing going on. So. Oh, that's right. It's a new persona. Um, Tony was a, a font of information. Seems to like a lot of it's on e-bikes here, Tony. Yeah, well, you know, it seems to come to my feed an awful lot for some reason. Right? Do you have, so do you have a Google feed? Uh, it's just my phone. I mean, that's it's tailored to everything I look at. So suddenly I get I get stuff like this every, all the time. So if we said, uh, you know, Rosati's Pizza, that would come up in your Wouldn't feed? Wouldn't that be awesome if that just showed up? Yeah, well, doesn't your phone spy on you and listen yeah, to you? Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, probably. Speaking of pizza, did you see the guy that... Uh, Gave 10, in 2010, he uh, used 10,000 Bitcoins to get two Papa John's pizzas. Today, that would be worth almost a half a billion dollars. Half a billion? Half a billion. $495 million. For two pizzas? For two pizzas. Papa John's isn't that good. That's my, that was the first thing I said. I don't said. know how many franchises you could buy. You could yeah. probably buy the whole company for $490 million. Yeah, probably close. Although Papa John's kind of a Papa dick. Yeah, he is. He, he is. He's yeah. totally uh, but yes, how crazy is that, huh? Yeah, that's nuts. It was so. one of the first transactions with Bitcoin. That's was it one of the Winklevoss putzes? It, I don't think it was one of them, but it was along that lines. But yeah. Well, people are losing Bitcoins all over the place. Uh, yeah. 200 million here, 90 million there. But, you know, you're going to want to go ahead and keep your cryptocurrency current there, people. Yeah, write down your stuff. Don't put it on some sort of electronic device. Crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's serious. So um, one of the one of the things here that we have a link to is the potential tax incentive for e-bikes. Did you notice the acronym for it? Electric Bike Incentive Kickstart for the Environment, or E Bike Act. Nice. Government and their freaking acronyms. Hey, who sits around and thinks that crap up? Someone with a large vocabulary of creative words. Yeah, but thirty percent. 30%. That's 30% what I saw tax about that. incentive. That sounds pretty good. To that'll me. get more. I think that'll get a few people out of a car. I don't know. If, I, I get cars. I get doing it on a car. I don't know if I get doing it on a bike. I'm going to do it because I want the damn 30%. Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to spend 70% to make 30, but I get the I get the idea. But that's just like twisting my arm when we're talking about an e-bike. Right. Like, oh boy, you know. Oh, some money for me, bike. <laughs> okay. I just I love the acronym thing. Got me. That was yeah, pretty pretty classic. Uh, I like it. I think it's you know, like I said, anything to get someone out of a car for even a little bit. Yeah, if it gets more people out of cars, that's not a bad thing. So. I think I might burp. <gasps> oh no, I might not. Maybe I'll do it later. Yeah. Uh, podcast studio stalled. No power. No power still. I don't know if we're going to be able to do show 100 there or not. We might have to rely on old reliable here for another week. It's coming. It's just not coming fast enough. None of the people want to work outside when it's well, five below zero or it's 10 been, below zero or 14 below zero. Yeah, it's been pretty crappy, man. I know. It's not Alaska where they would be doing that. Here, they're kind of chicken shits. Uh, no, I think they're smarter. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, had a guy come through and look at the current bike shop space the other day 
Huh? I said by Cracky, if you want this, I can get out of here pretty dang quick. Huh? We'll get to the other place and get that ramped up. Might have to do a little weekend get the hell out of here move, though. So Uh-oh. keep huh? keep your weekends open around uh, either April or May 1st, <laughs> if that comes to pass. You know, since we're doing this thing, I'd rather get over there sooner than later. But if we still got to pay for this joint, then we might as well just keep paying for it. Yeah, and keep using it. Right. We'll see how that works. Yeah, yeah. Had Uncle Al in here yesterday working on a bike. How's Uncle Al doing? Yeah, he's doing okay. What kind of bike was he working on? He built Scott's Wednesday. Oh, nice. I actually yes. put together uh, Chris's today. and That was, uh, eh, Surly's build up nice. They use good stuff on those Surly bikes. That Surly stuff is, it works well. Nice. I really like those Tektro brakes on those out there. Really? They're not bad. Really? Kind of like a Shimano only. Hydro or mechanical? Hydro. Nice. They just seem to have a little more a little more pad release than some of the lower end Shimano's maybe. I don't know. It's kind of weird. The table just vibrated. Oh, is there a caller? No, I think it was your phone. <laughs> uh, yes, it was. I didn't even notice it vibrated. What's I, that crazy high top tube goofy bike you showed him a picture of that risotto or whatever it is. It, it just, why is that top tube so freaking high? Why, why is the battery way the hell up there? Weird. Oh, it's an electric bike. It's, of course, it's an electric bike. See how high that battery is up on there? It's weird, huh? It's like they did everything they could to make it top heavy. They put yeah. the, the motor vertical, they put the battery up high, and they have the top tube that you're going to rack your schnads on. Those I don't know. It kind of looks cool, though, I guess. And it is a fat bike uh. of sorts. Uh, i got to push a button here. Yes. Uh. Button pushing time. Hey, welcome to the radio program. Caller, who do we have on the line? Hey, gentlemen. It's Seely Dave. Seely Dave. Seely Dave. Seely Dave is here to save the show. No, I mean save the day. I mean, <laughs> both. <laughs> no pressure, Dave. Uh, how's it going? I, great, great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing well. We're Jay Kalis today. He's taking a little trip with the lady in the vehicle around. Uh, I first, last week he was talking about going down to the Ozarks or something, which I thought, that's not that bad an idea. But guess where they're headed? Green Bay, Madison. <laughs> it's like Chicago. It's like, what? Uh, I guess it seems she just wants to go for a cruise for the for the Valentine's Day weekend. Well, yeah. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm a proud son of Wisconsin. There's lots of cool stuff to do here. You don't always have to go anywhere for a trip to be special. That's true. I agree. You can come visit Campbellland up here uh, in the Great Northwoods. Yeah. How's uh, how's how's conditions up there? Like they look pretty good from what I've seen um, in your photos. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, the trails are. Uh, have been getting groomed regularly. They were all, most of our winter trails were groomed uh, yesterday or even some this afternoon. Um, and uh, the cold weather has just kept everything packed pretty pretty hard. So they're, they're riding really well. We, uh, we've had a winter where we haven't had, you know, which is typical f- for us, in El Nino years where we, we don't get a lot of snow like we had last year. Um, and, uh, but the temperatures have been great. Uh, and we've 
gotten a couple of three significant snowfalls, you know, six, eight inches, and then a few, you know, one to three inch dustings in between, and the temperatures have stayed cold. So everything has played perfectly for the groomers, essentially. And whereas last year we had, you know, feet of snow, but we had great conditions. So if you were riding the the groomed trails, they were just amazing. And, and, you know, you could run five PSI and roll really fast, but if you fell off the trail, you were in three feet of snow and you had to sort of climb your way back up, up to the the groomed trail. This year we haven't had that much snow. So if you do go off trail, you know, you're only in six to 10 inches of, of soft stuff. It's, it's easy to get back on. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty much ideal. We've had, uh, you know, a little cold snap, like everybody is going through right now. So we've had temps, you know, in the mornings, uh, as low as 24 below zero, uh, a two or three days in a row. But, you know, I mean, if, if you're actually out to, I, I got up early that first day, it was supposed to be 24 below. Cause I really sort of like to always ride on the coldest, day of the year and I hit the coldest temps if I can. And, um, so I dressed for it and I went out and just rode for an hour, hour and a half on my neighborhood trails. And, uh, um, as soon as I pulled off the trail at like nine thirty or 10 o'clock, two trucks were rolling up with other fat bikes on the back to the uh-huh. parking lot on old double Oda. People were re- ready to go at like nine thirty. They were out there ready to ride too. It was still, you know, 15 below or 17 below by that time. Um, so it, it hasn't seemed to dampen people's enthusiasm too much. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. When, uh, when they groom the trails up there, cause you have so many miles of them, are they using the same device for all the grooming or are there different, uh, methods that no, they're using? We have a mix. Yeah. We have a mix of stuff and a mix of sleds. So, um, you know, on some of the, the bigger, wider trails, you can use a, a, a wider utility sled like a Scandic. Um, but on a lot of the other trails that are narrower, uh, a lot of our trails are very narrow and have real off camber, uh, trail tread on them. They run, they tend to run like Elans, um, or, or Tundras, uh, some older Tundras there. And, uh, um, and then occasionally even a, uh, a, uh, a Rokon, a two wheel drive, you know, motorcycle sure, with yeah. big fat tires on it. Um, and though they're real sketchy and hard to keep straight in the loose snow though. And, uh, and then we have a variety of groomers. We'll often start with like, we take old snowmobile track when the snow is real, um, light and fluffy and, and they'll run a, a drag with that. Um, just with a bunch of weights on some old snowmobile track that we sort of like rig up and, and then they bring a, we, a regular groomer and we have a variety of them from Tid to wildcats and stuff like that. And they fuss with the weights. They put, you know, a hundred pounds to 70 pounds of weights on them. And, and they sort of change that around. It's, it's, it's not an art form, but it's definitely a, a skill that you sort of like learn. It's a craft and, um, the groomers all have, you know, a lot of experience up here, so they're good at it. That said, um, stuff still happens, and um, in, in the same way, some people like go out and they, they, you know, hunters look for different tracks and like, oh, there's a bobcat track or that's a wolf track or something. 
I watch for uh, when I'm riding. I'm like, oh, there's a somebody tipped a snowmobile over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't tell. I asked one of our groomers. And so what the groomers then have to do, you imagine you're out on the side of a steep hill and you tip your snowmobile over um, and you, the groomer tips over with it. Then they, they pull out like come alongs or big ratchet straps and, and a shovel and they like, they, they tie that off to a tree and they, they yank the sled to try to tip it back. And then those often don't have enough cable to pull the whole sled all the way over in one pull so that they'll have to brace it with their shovel part way and then they re remove the ratchet strap and and then cinch it up tighter so they can pull it again it's it's kind Yikes. of a, a big process one of our our head groomers I, I just rode with a crew of guys before this podcast in the Sealy trails um and uh one of the guys was late because he he got his uh groomer stuck four times and had to keep getting off the snowmobile and pull it out. So it's a lot of work and it takes some, you know, skill. Right on. How many um, electric snowmobiles are currently being used to groom trails up there? <laughs> None, but have you seen that crazy, uh, that crazy Canadian one that, uh, God, what's it called? Um, it, it doesn't look like a regular snowmobile, but it's freaking amazing. Have you guys seen it? No, it's something I just, it just came upon me just now that the electric snowmobile. Yeah, I didn't even think that would even be something that I'm just thinking of how much, you know, snowmobiles are, you know, you're doing a great thing grooming, but they are still, you know, pumping out the the fumes and whatnot. And if there was an electric one, that might be kind of interesting. Yeah. So there, there's a couple of, um, I think Canadian companies coming out with electric snowmobiles that sound pretty good um, for, you know, the, the um, near future, but um, God, I wish I could find it. I'm on my computer real quick. Uh, those aren't out yet. I think you can pre-order them. Um, uh, we, we just use standard, um, uh, you know, um, like I said, you know, mostly Scandix or Tundras. Um, and uh, uh, I, like I said, I think we have a couple of old Alans laying around somewhere, but it's mostly tundras and, and scandix and then they pull groomers drags made for fat biking uh, specifically made for um uh yeah so i but it god i can't i would i wish i could uh i wish i could find that that goofy canadian uh, if I if I can, I'll find it and then I'll uh, I'll share it with you so you can okay. find it right after the show. The, yeah, uh, I, th I think the, Tony's the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Tony's phone's probably listening to us talk about this, so it'll it'll put it in his news feed. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. This thing it, it's not in production, I don't think, but it's 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 just a beast. It's basically like the the motors and the the batteries are all in between the tread. So it's like, essentially like you get dragged behind this big heavy thing that all the weight is low. And so it's just got tremendous torque and, and everything's low and it'll just bust through anything. It, it's just amazing. I'll, I'll find it and I'll share it with you guys so you can put it in the, More the show notes. The no, it's not that. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones I think that that is actually uh, going to be a consumer ready thing. Yeah. This is like some crazy Canadian inventor guy that <laughs> you know. It, I'll I'll find it, but um, say I had a 
I had a thought, um, you know, uh, about like the e-bikes for, for, um, fat bikes. Um, and, uh, I, I saw that you electrified the, the, the Schlick long tail. Yep. And I was thinking of thinking about, you know, I used, uh, uh, the Fang, uh, bottom bracket mid drive unit. Those are great. I've got one on my, my, you know, uh, long tail, um, as well. It's not a fat bike. It's just a utility, you know, long tail, but, um, I like those, but the limiting factor with those is, is the front chain ring. And although you've got that extra power from the, from the motor, so maybe you don't need it for a fat bike. It is nice to have regular low gearing. Our, a lot of our hills are super steep here, so you're in the, your lowest gear trying to get up them. Um, yeah, I can see that. You, um, so that's a limiting factor. And then I started thinking about it, like in all the all the uh, commercially available, like you, I think you guys have got a Surface 604 you've been playing around with or something like that. Although there aren't that many of them, but the ones I've seen have all been hub motors in the rear. And then I thought about it, like, why not do a front hub motor on a fat bike with a throttle? That way, uh, you, you'd essentially have, like, a, like a Rokon. You know, you'd have a two-wheel drive exactly. fat bike. Yeah. And you'd only really need that, that extra little oomph for going up hills or anything like that. So you just pull that throttle a little bit when you're going up the, the hills, and then you just you don't need it for anything else. That's how my belt drive commuter set up. But it's with, a, with but a front hub with just a front hub and a three speed belt drive rear. And the only time I use it's when I'm climbing up a hill. Otherwise it, it, it has no drag. No, that's not my, just my 20. It's not my 29 er commuter, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of that. Yeah, it's great. But I was just thinking on the fat, fat bike that yeah. it gives you that double traction, you know, on the loose snow. Yeah. Um, well, one thing would be, uh, maybe using the Grin all axle if you can get a spacer that will work with a 150 fork. Otherwise, you could use a 135 rear motor in the front yeah. if you could find yeah. a, if you had a 135 Good. fork because they're not so common anymore. But yeah, maybe yeah. we'll do that with that long tail. That's yeah. got a 135 front fork on it. Go two wheel drive. We, we could go yeah two wheel drive. Uh, if you use, you a might f- have to modify. A, you might have to modify the front fork further because I think. A lot of those hub motors uh, require like a sort of like a little brace that you know. Mm. Yeah, a torque arm type idea. Yeah, a torque arm, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean the all right. axle that the, the Grin yeah. makes is really cool because it's a through axle, and then they have different caps for it, so you can actually yeah. use it on like 180 millimeter suspension forks if you want to. Yeah, check it out, Dave. It's, uh, it's on Grin's website. It's a pretty cool setup. I mean, you don't have to modify the forks at all, really. Okay. You still mount a torque arm, of course, uh, but well, you don't have to butcher a fork. Well, up. yeah, the torque arm is directly built into yeah, the hub to, itself. It's yeah. it's very well thought out. It's by far the best hub motor out there, hands down. And I've had one pulling eighteen hundred watts already, so <laughs> they've got a lot of power. If you wanna, yeah. if you wanna do it, and their um, their phase runner motor controller can control two hubs, and it can differentiate torque. So you could put seventy percent in the rear or the front, and vice versa. That's really a pretty interesting system needs it needs a lot more playing around with but it's got a lot of potential okay well that yeah that sounds cool uh, i'll look on the, the grin site um i've actually i i 
we're kind of off the, the bike topic again, but I, I, <laughs> I remembered the name of that, that crazy, uh, track sled thing. It's, mm. it's, and it's Yvonne Martel is, is the wacky Canadian guy, Y V O N Martel. Um, and it's an MTT one, three, six is his thing. And if you, you got to check out the videos, they're, they're pretty, in, pretty insane. <laughs> Sounds pretty fun. Insane. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, but, uh, back to, back to bike stuff. Um, yeah. So the conditions up here could not be better. Uh, everybody is, you know, just loving it. Uh, all grins every day. I run across anybody on the trail. So if anybody's considering coming up, it's supposed to start warming up next week. Um, but it doesn't seem to have stopped people, uh, Trails seem to have lots of cars with bike racks parked next to them when I go by. So very good. Um, I don't know that we're going to have time to get into it today, but uh, we briefly talked about maybe having you. I don't know if it's write an article or talk about it on another show. Um, how you get such good photos? You definitely take the time to make good images when you're when you're recording your your adventures, and I think uh, a lot of people listener included might be interested in uh, just a few tips on on how to get you know the, the most out of what you can do when you're kind of far away from home and maybe not carrying your entire big rig with you sure and you know i mean i'd be happy to do that you and i kind of uh, brainstormed a little bit about that i think that sort of a podcast would ideally be a, a better suited for a video podcast where you could actually you know inject uh, a shared screen and, and, you know, show some images and things like that while you're talking. I, that might be something for phase two. Yeah, but, possibly. Um, from, just from this, yeah, just from, I'd, I'd love to try to figure out something like that and, and maybe add that to like, uh, you know, we could still, you could still put that on the regular full spectrum um, uh, podcast and just listen to it, but it'd be nice to do it along with a, uh, save it on youtube as well yeah um, sure and, it's, it's uh, something we're working on it, it, it i've wanted it, i've wanted to do uh video stuff for quite a while and have done some just not so much in our little neck of the woods or our, our little all right bike. Well, let's, let's it's well, winter time we can we can scheme on it yeah for um, sure <laughs> put something together uh, I, I want to get the Camber Country podcast going again. I, I've sort of been drinking from a fire hose up here uh, with everything else, um, you know, in this new job as executive executive director of the Schwamigan Area Mountain Bike Association and everything from uh, migrating QuickBooks from desktop to, you know, to um, online and all kinds of other things I've been, you know, doing that aren't sort of like the, they're the behind the scenes things that you got to do at, at a nonprofit, but they're not necessarily fun. Um, so I've been involved in a lot of that. Uh, but uh, back to the photo thing. So, um, I mean, just short. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good idea to do a, a, a series on them or something like that, where we talked about that, but um, just briefly, like when, I, when you see those pictures of, you know, I just, took a little adventure with cowboy and we went and explored some of the waterfalls that I do on my bike packing, my fall and summer bike packing route, waterfall route that I'm going to be publishing later this year. And I wanted to see how those, I thought, you know, Hey, it's mostly gravel roads. You could actually do that route in the wintertime if you were so inclined. And I thought the waterfalls might be just as cool in the winter and they were, 
Um, so we went and we explored some of them. We went up to Cornucopia and looked at Lost Creek Falls. And that's like a one and a half mile bike ride in from the parking lot to get there. Um, so we, you know, pedaled our way in, me and my dog. And, um, and then it went out to uh, Morgan Falls, which is maybe a three quarter of a mile ride in. And, and we did that. And it was really fun to do in the winter. And the falls are, it gives you a whole new perspective on them. So I knew I was going to do that. And I knew I was going to want to take photographs. So I shoot with the Sony Alpha mirrorless system. And so I just bring a 24 to 105 along with that camera. And then I have a wireless remote that's very, very easy to use. Uh, it's, it's a Sony made for the Sony camera. It's relatively new. And, um, so I don't have to hook up anything special. I just have it set up. So the cameras works with the wireless remote before I leave. And then I bring a really small Manfrotto tripod that fits in my frame bag. And, uh, so I, you know, I think about it ahead of time and I think of ideas where I'm going to do the photographs and then, and then I, I pull out, go in, I cowboy wanders around for a while while I set up my tripod and the camera. And then, you know, we go climb up next to the waterfall and I've got the remote in my hand and I, I you know, pop off 15, 20 shots. I go back and I review and make sure everything's looking good. And, and then I just pack everything back up. You know, it doesn't take very long. And then go do another spot, you know, on a gravel road with a nice view of the Lake Superior off in the distance or something like that. And I'll just set up again the tripod and cowboy and I go out and we just do some. And I do the same thing on, uh, you know, if I go on a, a trip uh, by myself, I'll be riding along and I, I always have a tiny tripod with me and uh, the camera and the remote so that if I see something that looks good, I stop, I just take the time to set it up and I ride through again. You know, this is not journalism. So uh, <laughs> it's not like I, I'm faking something. I, um, and I, and the easiest way though, is if you're on a ride with buddies um, or with friends and, and then you don't have to bring the remote, the tripod and stuff like that. And you just, Oh, this is a cool spot. And you just hop off. And I have a couple of different uh, ways I carry my camera on the bike so that I can grab it really quickly I've got one of those Jones bars that's got the Jones riser bars. Mm -hmm. Actually, have a and then I've got a Rockgeist bag that fits right in that Jones riser bar. And the riser bar is the key because it's got a wider space between the two bars, so you can actually slip the front element and the body of my camera into that Rockgeist bag, that H loop bag that they make. Um, and it'll fit in there, but on the regular Jones bar, the gap between those two bars is too narrow for me to fit my full frame, you know, 24 to one Oh five lens through between the two bars. So it won't fit in that one. Or I've got a, a chest strap, um, that I don't like wearing backpacks, but, um, I've got a chest strap that just fits over like one shoulder with a strap that a cross strap that goes around. And it's got like a little clip on it. So I can just ride with my, with my camera right, right up on my left by my left shoulder. It just sits on my, my the left side of my chest doesn't interfere with riding at all. And that way, if I'm riding along, I can very quick with friends, I can very quickly get it off and take pictures. Cause if you know, your buddies get kind of sick of it. If you're the photographer, like, Hey, can we stop? Can we just do this? Wait, back up. You know, let's go do this one more time. You know, <laughs> Yeah, it's not really worth fashioning when right. a photographer is making you do something right. over, over again. You know, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, there you've got, you know, definitely there's a whole, a whole show or more than one show in, in some of this stuff. Um, I know that a lot of people don't carry a, you know, a full frame camera or even a, even a camera at all, except for their phone. And, uh, one right, the, but wh- you can do everything that I just said with a, your phone. Sure, sure. You, you, and it's easier. Uh, you, you, you can, they, they make remotes for phones, so, or you can just set a self-timer, you know, on your phone. Um, but, uh, and and they make very simple, very packable little, you know, phone holder tripod things so that you can do that sort of same thing that I do. Uh with with your phone yeah i forget what the one that i have gorilla maybe or something it's a little one that clamps your phone and and it has a quarter 20 right bolt on it so you can just mount it to whatever and it, you can hold it vertical if you're a if you're a selfie uh, video yeah. person or you can do it horizontal uh one thing that yeah. i definitely you can, you can also those you, you can put you can uh those gorilla uh tripods those little tiny ones with the little balls and stuff you can um stick them to a tree, you know, you just wrap the legs around a tree. And if all you're hooking to it is a light little, you know, phone to take yeah, photographs, no they hang on the tree really well. I can't do that with my no. <laughs> full frame, you know, I it's mean, a mirrorless camera, but the lens is big, you know, sure. um, I've got to use real clamps and stuff to do that. Um, yeah. I will occasionally bring those things along um, on trips. If I'm going by myself, I'll bring a strap and a clamp that I know I can very quickly strapped to a tree so I can, I don't have to carry a tripod that I can, you know, raise up that high to get that sort of angle. Um, so yeah. Um, the other little trick that a lot of people don't think a lot of people have trouble taking good photographs on sunny days because of all the harsh shadows. Uh, the, the key to, I, I think my general rule, it's all, just a general rule is, is shooting into the sun so you want that sun be, you know, um, you're actually shooting into it. And then, um, generally I'm, I'm processing my images in an Adobe program, whether it's Lightroom or Photoshop. And most cameras now have 14 stops of, of, you know, dynamic range. So you can pull those shadows and you can, drop down those highlights and it, it looks way better than if you try to shoot with the sun over behind you over your shoulder. And there's all kinds of weird dramatic shadows. Right. Yeah. No, that you makes sense. I mean? I, I, Cause I, I do often see just peeking into the, the, the shot of that you do a, a sun up in there. Right. And if you, if you've got a, a, a camera with a, a actual lens on it that has a diaphragm in it, an aperture, then when you stop way down, you get those cool little, depending on how many leafs you've got in your diaphragm, you get those cool little, like, uh, you know, sun streak things, the little sun rays that come out from that when you stop down. Yeah, very cool. Well, like I said, uh, I, I think I mean, we can talk about some, maybe we'll go into some specifics on some other, uh, other shows, but I like this idea because uh, I really think that, yeah. you know, when people take the time to do it right, it's just so much more appealing to read a story where the photos are actually interesting. And if you have an Instagram feed or whatever, I mean, why wouldn't you want good pictures on there? So, you know. Right. Yeah. Kid Reamer has been doing a series like that recently on, on the salsa um, news posts and blogs. He interviewed like Logan Watts from bikepacking.com and a, 
a couple of other guys doing a, a series of interviews with photocentric um, bicycle guys. Very cool. Well, I sure appreciate your calling in. You saved the show like we knew you would. Bit, bit, bit. Top but, of the hill. Oh, shit. Tony wants to do top of, the hill. top of the hill. Uh, top of the hill. Yeah, I just I thought I was getting to the top of the hill. <laughs> well, we um, made it. Yeah, we made it. Tony picked up, uh, well, this one's been kind of a clubhouse favorite here called Vane from right across the street, the old Black Husky Brewery. It is 6.8. I don't know what happens ABV. with this beer, but I, I think he's lying about I'm, that 6.8. I think yeah. it's more like 12 or something. It just. It, I think we're going to have Tim what, back on the show. Called? It's called Vane, V-A-I-N. It's his I'm, IPA. I'm not with that. I, I love his beers. Um, Oh yeah, he's calling but it a pale, pale ale. In Tim's world, is seven point eight. Right? Yeah, it's, no. it's he's claiming it's six point eight, but I think it's way higher than that. Yeah, it was it was named after. Huh. Well, it it just says on the on the can. Shad is our rock star dog, having run the famous Iditarod sled dog race. However, like some celebrities, he can be aloof and even arrogant at times. In fact. He really felt uh, like he was better than other dogs, and he was. So Shad's arrogant in, in Shad's <laughs> arrogant spirit, we have brewed a pale ale with citra hops that we frankly feel is better than the others. And by cracky, it is because it's cool. it's the only one I drink over there, unless he has one of his special beers that I really right. happen to like. Yeah, but uh, once oh, I, I'm a pretty big fan of spruce. I like his spruce. Beer. Oh yeah, for sure. Do you guys have that on tap up that um, way? Yeah. The angry minnow have it or anything? We like do that? not. No, I, I have not seen Tim's beers up here. Um, uh, and I am actually, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not ashamed to admit, but I'm, I'm not, I'm drinking a old fashioned an old, overall old fashioned mm. made with, made with raspberries rather than cherries and clementines rather than oranges. Does it have, is it a sweet? Does it have seven up or some such in it? Uh, well, I, I add parasol? a little uh, Wisconsin maple syrup as well. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Is there a parasol? Is there a parasol? <laughs> a parasol. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. It's not a beer, but it's pretty tasty. Well, there was, a, there was just a thing on one of the, I guess, WPR, one of the radio stations about old fashions and how Wisconsin does them differently than everybody else in the whole entire world or country does. Right, yeah, it's... You know, it's not rye. And yeah, most people don't have like our. Yeah, most people don't have our like. You know, they don't put floaters of Seven Up or or you know, if you're going to get an old fashioned down in Kentucky or something where they make bourbon, it it's just going to be a bourbon drink. There's not going to be fizzy water in it of any kind. You know, right on. All right, Dave. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, well, yeah. I thanks for having me on. Um, like I said, the trails up here are great. We're right now we're grooming about 65 miles of single track. Um, everything from, you know, family friendly loops at the hospital trails or the cable town trails that you can come out and have fun on with, you know, your kids and, uh, in session or the, you know, big fat loop, which gives you a little taste of everything. And, um, Esker Ridge, which is just absolutely gorgeous over by Telemark. So, uh, I encourage all your listeners uh, get on up here while the snow is still good. Yeah, for sure. Um, are there, are there actually any events happening that are either semi-organized or virtual? I know we just, uh, all right. Well, so uh, yes, they're all happening and they're all real. 
Um, the Bur- all the Berkey events have been happening. Uh, other events, we had the Gitchy Gumi Games or the Gitchy Gamey Games. Uh, all the ski events have, the Sealy Classic, all the ski events have happened. They've tried to change them so you're, there aren't like the indoor activities associated with them. And it's like the Berkey, you can do it virtually from wherever your Nordic ski area is. But a lot of people are still coming to do an actual race. So instead of though having 10,000 people all on the same day, they've spread it out over an entire week. So they've got, you know, the course closed for racing over like a week period where, where they can spread people out more. They cut down a bunch more trees in the start area. So they have a, a bigger start area as well. And, um, yeah, fat bike races. We Canva uh, hasn't felt super comfortable with any of that stuff. We've got the huge ass course is marked up here in Sealy, so you can come do that. But that's one of the virtual things, you know, where you just have some Strava segments um, to win. So uh, we've been a little bit more nervous about it, um, or a little bit more cautious, I guess. But um, but yeah, th- there's. So I, not bike, not too many bike events. The bike across the bay event, which is just an absolute blast, up up by uh, you know Washburn, where that's that's part of the book across the bay where they ski and snowshoe and um, uh, across from Washburn to uh, Ashland, and uh, that's a really they have a giant snow dragon out in the middle of the lake that blows fire. And they light the whole thing with little candles and stuff. It's a really cool event. But, um, and then there's a bike event the next morning. The bike event is canceled. The ski of that ski event is canceled. So, but the Berkey stuff is all happening. So I expect the fat bike Berkey is still on. Um, the Bora Epic is scheduled for, uh, that's a June event and that's scheduled. So registration's open and filling quickly, I hear. So if people are chomping at the bit to, to do a race, that's an earlier one that people can sign up for. There's also a gravel Epic with that as well. And they'll do the same thing. They'll have some protocols for safety. It won't be quite the same, you know, let's all get together and party in a tiny little space and rivers eatery or something like that. Um, there'll be differences that won't happen, but it'll still be uh, an event. And honestly, they really have shown that, you know, transmission of the virus in outdoors is really, really minimal. And particularly if, if you're not, you know, standing in the exact same place for an extended period of time. So start areas and stuff are a little sketchy. If you're worried, keep your mask on. And then, you know, the gun goes off, you pull your mask down and go get it. Right. Right on. Good to know. All right, Dave. Well, thanks again for calling in and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, guys. All right. Thanks, Dave. Yep. Let's chat. Let's chat on the photo thing. Absolutely. Okay. Bye. All right, boys. Bye. Dave Slabowski, everybody. Dave Slabowski. Seeley Dave checking in from, uh, well, Seeley, Wisconsin, up, up there in Campbelland. North. North. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on up there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of other good stuff going on, we talked about Bike Cross Bago. Don't know what's happening there because yeah. it's not official. I did see another sign, though, that they are going to have some things set up. Okay. That, so this, check their way, that would their be like tomorrow, page. the 13th? It'd be like tomorrow the 13th again, okay. yeah, I guess. Um, the 20th, Rip, Zip, and Slip, Manaqua. And then new to me this week is the Sweaty Yeti Alt 
event, oh. which is over three days, February 26, 27, 28. A virtual race format um, and a fundraiser, more importantly, for Levis uh, Mountain Trails. Um, it's on Bike Reg. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, no in-person registration, but you can complete your laps anytime within the three days. And if you feel it's absolutely important, Puck, to upload your laps to Strava, you may. Oh, it is puck? not required, however. But you do, Puck. But, you know, I think the important thing to note here is they're still working on the trails and there's a lot of work to be done and they need fundraising. And by cracky, you can even send them money without having to actually go up there if you were so inclined. Mm-hmm. Check out the show notes. I think we sold all our, no, we didn't sell all our fat bikes here at the shop. Oh. There is a large Tatanka right there. Well, there is. It's a good looking bike, too. Yeah, it's not and, done yet. you know, we'd probably make you a pretty good deal on a Surface 604 bore. Maybe. Like. 50% over cost. 100% over retail. Because they're so much fun. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. We'll cut <laughs> you down. Um, well, I mean, thank you very much again for spending oh, your hard-earned well. time with us. And, uh, I appreciate you listening. I think well, JK will be back next week. Show 100. Show 100. Don't know where it's going to be, but it'll be somewhere. Bye. <laughs>